0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes Podcast. I love to share information, even if it's just basic, because there are so many questions about e-bikes, because you have to learn not only about bicycles in general for some things, but now you have to mix in electronics and it can get a little bit confusing. So today I'm going to break things down. We're going to do a breakdown on brakes. So stick around if you want to learn more about how to stop your electric bike. Thanks again for listening. If you're new here, make sure to go check out ebikepodcast.com. That's where you can sign up for my newsletter. But more on that later. Let's jump into an episode about brakes because I was chatting with one of my friends in China about brakes and this type of brake and that type of brake. And these are all production-related challenges and issues, and what brakes are we going to use on this bike, and how are we going to get enough of them through 2021? And then it hit me, wow, I have not done a podcast that explains the different types of brakes, what they do, how they work, and I feel like this is something that everyone can grasp the concept of fairly easily. So I want to explain the difference between mechanical brakes and hydraulic brakes, what are brake calipers, what are brake pads, how do these things work on e-bikes. So by the end of this episode, you're going to have a really good basic foundation of understanding of how your brakes work. And that's going to help in two possible ways. One, if you haven't bought an e-bike yet, then hopefully it'll help you with your buying decisions on what type of brakes might be the best for you. And number two, if you already have an e-bike, hopefully this will help you with the longer-term maintenance and you'll understand what some of those squeaks and noises and things mean so you know how to better keep your e-bike in tip-top shape, especially when you want to stop. So let's start with mechanical brakes because that's what's most common on e-bikes. Now, if you jump back a few years, Most brakes on bicycles were some type of rim brake or possibly a coaster brake. I'm not going to talk about either of those because you really don't see those on electric bikes these days, and it just doesn't make sense to cover that. But if you think of the the old style of brakes where they were definitely a cable actuated and they had a pad that squished onto the rim right next to the tire, we don't use those anymore on e-bikes, thankfully, and there are better ways to stop. So whether they're mechanical or hydraulic, most e-bike brakes these days are disc brakes and so named because there is some sort of disc mounted to the wheel and that's what the brake caliper is actually squeezing onto to try and get that wheel to slow down. Now the brake discs themselves are typically made out of some type of steel and Basically you have two pads that are going to move, which is different between different types of brakes, but you have a pad on each side and all they're doing is is sandwiching that disc right in the middle. When you're squeezing the lever up on the handlebars, these two pads are moving in, squeezing onto that brake disc and getting that wheel to slow down. That's the basic concept. That's what we want them to do. They don't always do that, but that's what we want them to do. So. How does this work with a mechanical disc brake? Most mechanical disc brakes have a steel cable that actually goes from the lever through a cable housing all the way down to your front wheel or your rear wheel into what's known as a caliper. And a caliper is like the body or the housing that is the mechanism that's mounted onto your front fork or it's mounted onto the back of your frame right next to that brake disc and the wheel. And the caliper has, like I said, two brake pads, one on each side. Now, most mechanical brakes have this kind of quirky way that they work where one pad is stationary and it just sits right next to that brake disc and it doesn't actually move. It just sits there and there is an adjustment so you can move it closer or further away to get your brakes working properly. But when you pull the lever up on the handlebars, Nothing happens. That pad just sits there and waits. So you're probably thinking, well, how does it make contact with the disk? Well, it's the other pad on the opposite side that's doing all of the work. <laughs> well, it's not doing all of the work, but it's doing all of the moving, we should say. So when you pull the lever up on the handlebars, the cable moves and it pulls the other pad into that disk and it slightly bends or warps the disc just ever so much so that both pads are now in contact and the friction between the pads the brake pads and the rotor or the disc that's the same thing are causing the wheel and you hopefully to slow down so that's how it works on a typical mechanical disc brake now i've seen some exceptions but very very few i don't see this on most bikes where the mechanical portion of the caliper is a little bit more advanced and both sides actually move, but most of them is just one side. So what I see often is when people have really squeaky brakes, if you look at the rotor or the disc and you squeeze that lever, if you can see the rotor bend off to one side, it could be that the stationary pad has worn down a little bit and it's not close enough it's causing the rotor to actually warp slightly and that warping can cause an awful squealing screeching sound it's terrible you don't want to hear that now that's one reason for that squealing noise like i said i would try and point out a few different reasons for why you might have some squealy brakes if your bike is brand new there's two possibilities your brakes might not be adjusted properly in the way that i just described and it's causing the rotor to warp to one side or the other. Two, it could be that the pads are just kind of new and they're not really broken in yet. And that's one thing that I really want to make sure that everybody knows is how do you properly break in or bed, as they say, your pads. Basically, wear the pads down a little bit so they actually have more friction and they work better and they don't create such a racket. Obviously, the stopping... Is the most important thing, but the noise is what annoys everyone, right? I mean, it annoys me. If you grab your brakes and they make a huge squealing noise, like you're honking a person in front of you, you may not want to use them. And we don't want you to not use your brakes. So if you have everything adjusted properly, you won't have that. But when it comes to breaking in the brakes, sometimes people think when they're new, you want to go easy on things. And that's actually the opposite of what you want to do. When your brake pads are brand new, You want to get those things seated and broken in as quickly as possible. And the best way to do that is to basically get up to speed on your bike, have a nice flat stretch with no obstacles in front of you, and give your bike some nice, hard, firm stops. And do that a dozen or so times. And that will actually help. There are some other ways to do that other than riding a bike, but that's the simplest thing you can do. I had a mid-drive bike in the shop recently that was squealing on the rear brake specifically. And to get the squealing out because the pads were new and they just need to be broken in a little bit, like I said, all I did was spin up that motor (laughs) at maximum speed on that mid-drive and just grab the rear brake instantly and get that thing to stop as hard as I could. And then I spun the motor up again, hit the brakes again, and I did that, like I said, about a dozen or so times. Squealing went away completely, the brakes grabbed better, and everybody was happy. Sometimes that's all it takes. So no matter what kind of brakes you have, mechanical or hydraulic, you do need to break things in, and for the mechanical, like I said, there's an adjustment for one side or one pad that is stationary that you need to move and have it to where it's just right next to that disc, as close as you can possibly get it, to where it doesn't touch. And then the other side is the side that moves. And if those are set correctly, your brakes are going to work great. Now, on to hydraulic brakes, which are often seen as the better type of brake. Now, I've seen plenty of comments on my YouTube videos and all sorts of things when I talk about hydraulic brakes having more stopping power. Some people are like, oh, they don't actually have more stopping power because it's the same surface area on the pad and the same disc. and." And technically, they work the same. And there's some truth to that. It depends on how you're looking at the situation, I think, in my opinion. But think of a hydraulic brake like the power brakes in your car. Are you having to push your foot so hard that you are doing all of the work, if you will, to actually slow that car down? Of course not. (laughs) That's what we have. Brake fluid for the brakes are engineered and designed in a way that you can press in a manner that feels fairly light and easy and get something that weighs several thousand pounds to stop. And hydraulic brakes on bicycles work basically the same way. Instead of a cable, you have fluid in a reservoir, which you don't really see the reservoir because it's built into the brake lever and it's very small. And then you have fluid that runs all the way from that reservoir through a tube down to the caliper, and the fluid is actually what pushes on the pads. And for hydraulic brakes, it pushes on both pads at the same time. So many hydraulic brakes, you'll see them advertised or sold as self-adjusting, and basically what that means is the pads are gonna push from each side, they're gonna wear in evenly, so as the pads wear down, they're still going to stay centered over that disc brake. So in theory, there's less adjustment required on a hydraulic brake than there is on a mechanical brake, because the mechanical one, you have the pads wearing down, but at some point they're not going to wear evenly because the stationary pad as it wears down is going to be further away from the rotor as it wears, and then the other pad that pulls isn't gonna quite wear down exactly the same way, so you have to adjust them a little bit more often than you would a hydraulic brake. And hydraulic brakes are just like the brakes in your car in that what can cause a problem is if you get low on fluid or you get some air in the lines. And if everything's sealed up nice and tight, that won't happen, but let's face it, they're mechanical, they're parts, things can go wrong. And at some point in time, they may require a bleed, a brake bleed. So that's where you have to, ideally, you flush all the old fluid out, you refill with new fluid, make sure you have all the bubbles, there's no air bubbles or anything in any of those lines. And the reason you don't want air bubbles is because the fluid that is in those lines doesn't compress, and air does. So that's where you can get what people describe as a spongy feeling in your brakes. This is true for a bike or a car where it just it doesn't feel like when you press on the pedal or pull that brake lever that it's really pushing on those brake pads and that brake disc and slowing you down like it's supposed to. Uh, and that's because you can compress air in line, but you can't compress the fluid. So you want to have fluid in there and no air. So hydraulic brakes, like I said, are often viewed as a better solution because the lever pull is much, much easier So if you took two equivalent bikes with the same weight, same hill, same everything, the amount of pressure you would have to exert with your fingers on the lever is going to be more difficult on a mechanical brake than it is on a hydraulic brake. And that's where it comes back to how much stopping power do the brakes have and why often people say hydraulic brakes have more stopping power, because it's easier for you to pull on that lever I mean, if you pull the same amount, then technically you are pushing harder or the pads are pushing harder on that rotor. So definitely feels easier to stop at the same rate, assuming everything else is equal. Now we can get into slightly more advanced types of brakes. So for the hydraulic brakes, most have a piston on each side That's the part that moves the pad into the brake disc or the brake rotor. And if you get a more powerful brake, you can have two pistons on each side. So now you have a greater surface area that's being pushed onto the brake pad. And in theory, more force is being applied. Your brakes are going to stop better. That's what the Blackbird has. Instead of two piston brakes, they have four piston brakes. So you're getting even greater stopping power by changing how the hydraulic fluid flows and what it pushes against and how those pads eventually push onto the rotor. The same goes for the Warthog 1000 watt model. It also has four piston brakes, as do some of our bigger, faster, heavier duty bikes. Things like the X15, that go super fast. We want to stop really good on those so they have better brakes for that reason. So hopefully that helps to explain... The basic difference is between a mechanical brake and a hydraulic brake. Now, with both of those, they have a switch for e-bikes. That's the one difference between a disc brake setup on a traditional bicycle and an electric bike is the addition of a simple switch. And all that switch does is close or open a circuit down to the motor controller that says, hey, my brake is being pulled right now shut off the motor. And all Bolton e-bikes come with this setup where if you pull one of the brakes, doesn't matter which one, either one will do this, it's going to immediately cut off power to the motor. And that's just a safety function. And it's not a law in all areas, but in California, that is even a law that e-bikes are supposed to come with a brake cutoff switch installed. So I've had a few people ask, oh, does this model or does that model have that And the answer is yes, they all have that cutoff switch built into the brakes. Now, this is where a new product was introduced probably, I don't know, two, three years ago at Bolton e-bikes. And that was a hydraulic mechanical caliper. And it's basically a hybrid version of a mechanical brake and a hydraulic brake. And the reason... For this is because if you have an electric bike with mechanical brakes, and you want to upgrade or improve them, if you went and bought some generic hydraulic brakes, if you bought some Shimano hydraulic brakes, they wouldn't have a brake switch built in. So that means you'd lose that safety function. And naturally, people don't want to lose that function. Uh, in fact, sometimes with newer e-bikes now, it even operates a taillight that can get brighter as you pull the brakes. So that's kind of an extra plus to having that switch installed. So if you just go buy any hydraulic brakes, they wouldn't be 100% compatible. And that's not ideal if you're trying to upgrade your brakes. So I found this company called Tech that made a hybrid version. And I got a few of the brakes, I tried them out, and I was like, hey, these, these actually work pretty good. And they solve a problem. Because Instead of replacing the steel cable that goes from the caliper down by the wheel all the way up to the handlebars and replacing that whole thing with a hydraulic hose and fluids and all that, instead, you just unbolt the caliper that is right next to the wheel and undo the one bolt, basically, that holds the steel cable on. And you put this new caliper on that still uses the steel line, so you keep your existing brake levers which is where the switch is always built in. You keep the brake lines that go down to the wheel, but then the caliper, the part that houses those pads, the part that squeezes onto those rotors, changes to a hydraulic version. And you might be wondering, what's the advantage to that? Why would you do that? Because it seems like the advantage to the hydraulic version is that you have fluid going all the way down. It makes everything stop easier. And and most of that is true, but what this hybrid version does is it gives you kind of the best or at least a part of both types of brakes you have the simplicity of the mechanical portion and then you have this caliper that moves both pads evenly on both sides so you get a little bit of the advantage of the better stopping power you get the self-adjusting ability and because you're only replacing the caliper not everything else You get to keep the existing brake cutoff switches on your e bike. So, what I realized is that these brakes are a perfect solution to upgrading a bike that came with mechanical brakes, but it's going to be too complicated to try and retrofit some newer hydraulic brakes on it. So, that's a hybrid version. They work great in my experience, and we've had really good luck with those. I think, this is just my theory, that. Because the fluid is in such a small portion of the overall brake system, it's only in the caliper, and you don't have a connection to a hose, and then another connection up to a reservoir, I think that those brakes don't have to be bled nearly as often as a full hydraulic system. And I only say that from experience because I've had very, very few people ever ask how to bleed those caliper-type systems. They just seem like they almost never, ever leak fluid or get air in them. So they've been very, very reliable, and that's an easy upgrade. So that's one way to make your brakes work better. Now, what's another way you could make your brakes stop better? Many people are familiar with different rotor sizes, or people maybe you've seen somebody that changes out their rotor from 160 millimeter to 180 or 203 millimeter. Again, that is something we did on the the Blackbird, the older version of the Bolton 2020 bikes, had hydraulic brakes from Shimano, but they only had a 160 millimeter brake disc rotor. So that's the diameter of the brake disc. Well, one thing you can do is go to a bigger rotor. So if you go to a larger diameter, then you have more leverage where the pads are squeezing onto that rotor, and you can stop easier. So that's a simple thing that can be done on any e-bike, doesn't matter if it's mechanical brakes, hydraulic brakes, a hybrid type of brake, you can always switch out the rotors to a bigger size and make your bike stop a little bit better and a little bit easier. And there's only a couple of parts that are required to do this on just about any e-bike. You need something called a brake adapter and it's basically a small aluminum block that has a couple of holes in it and it just sets the caliper out a little bit further so that it's at the right spot for whatever diameter rotors you have. So fairly easy to do. Any bike shop can probably do that or help with it. I've seen the parts on Amazon. They're all over the place. But if you have 160 millimeter rotors and you want a fairly cheap upgrade for your brakes, then just go to a bigger rotor size. Like I said, fairly easy to do. Gives you more leverage, so that way it stops better. Now, what other ways can you stop on an e-bike. There is also something called regenerative braking. And that's, it is a way to slow down, but it isn't actually a brake in the sense that it's something that has a mechanical friction device that's actually slowing the wheel down. You see, a regenerative brake is something that is only available on certain types of e-bikes, depending on what kind of motor you have a direct drive rear hub motor so there's no gear reduction typically it free wheels in one direction there are some exceptions but generally speaking a direct drive is the most common and enable this function and basically you can you can use the motor to propel you forward but if you want to slow down if you have this type of motor you can use the motor basically in in reverse the motor's not actually spinning backwards but you're using the motor to slow you down and act as a generator why they call it regenerative braking and that can be quite helpful what regenerative braking can't do is bring you to a complete stop and basically as you slow down the regenerative braking gets weaker and weaker and less and less effective so if you're at a very high speed very effective can be very abrupt actually But as you get slower, it gets softer and softer until at some point, it basically just doesn't do much of anything at all. Not every bicycle has that capability, but that is another way to slow an e-bike down. And I've mentioned it before on other podcast episodes, but basically direct drive motor, very common. That's definitely one that can do it. And then sometimes certain types of mid-drive setups can actually do that as well. Most e-bikes with a mid-drive cannot. But there are a couple of exceptions or certain e-bike related things, I guess I should say, that have that capability. Now, the one thing I didn't touch on yet was the type of pads. This is getting a little bit more advanced, so I don't need to go into too much detail. Like I said, trying to keep this basic. But the pads can also be made from different types of materials. So there are two pretty common materials that are used. One is referred to as organic. I'll be honest, I'll have to look this up. I don't know why they're called organic because they're a resin type of material. It's usually made of like rubber and glass and Kevlar. It doesn't sound very organic at all to me. Organic means they should be like made from, you know, bamboo leaves or applesauce, but that's not the case at all. But an organic resin type pad is fairly common. They wear a little bit quicker than a sintered pad, which is the other type we'll get into in a minute. And the disadvantage to a organic or resin pad is that they have less friction at higher temperatures. So they, they grab pretty well when the brakes are cold, but if your brakes get too hot, they start to fade. And what I mean by fade is that if you're going down a five mile long steep downhill and you're riding your brakes all the way down, what's slowing you down? It's friction, right? And what does friction usually create? It creates heat. (laughs) And as the brakes heat up, the pads are not able to create as much friction. They start to become less and less effective. So you can have what's called brake fade, where the more you use the brakes, the less effective they become until they cool back down. The other type of pad, a sintered pad, uh, they can be a little bit noisier. So you might hear more squeaks and things. And they also wear down the steel rotors a little bit faster, so they're harder, but they perform better at higher temperatures. So if you have a lot of downhills and you, you ride your brakes pretty hard, then a sintered pad it's going to be harder on your rotors, might make a little bit more noise, but you're going to be a little bit safer, and it's going to stop you better. And there are other things to consider. Some brake pads work better in rain than others. There's a lot of variables to that. So. It's not like one is just better than the other. There are differences between the two, and it really depends on your riding situation. And unless you're pushing your bike really hard, odds are you don't really even have to know this or even pay attention to it. Probably the standard pads that come with your brakes or standard replacements are gonna work just fine. But just know that if you're having braking issues and you've already done the other steps, they're adjusted properly, maybe you've even done some upgrades to bigger rotors and you're still not getting the performance you want, You can fine-tune things a little bit more by changing the type of pads that you're using. There are also semi-metallic pads. It's basically a combination between the organic and the centered pads. So you get kind of a little bit of both, but maybe not the best of either. So a whole wide range of things you can do there. In addition to that, some pads you can even buy have cooling fins on them. So let's say you want the organic type pad, but you need it to work better at higher temperatures. There are companies that have made brake pads that have this cooling fin that sticks up out of the caliper, so you get some airflow over it, and in theory, it keeps the pads cooler and your braking performance is better. There's some mixed opinions out there on whether or not all of those work. I think some of the name brand ones probably work actually pretty well, and they probably have data to back that up. But I've read online some of the reviews and different things that say, oh, some of the aftermarket brands, they put cooling fin, but it doesn't actually do a whole lot. So it's more for (laughs) looks than anything. So that's not the type that you would want. You want ones that actually work. And like I said, you'd have to be pushing the bike pretty hard to even need that type of thing. I hope all of this gives you a little bit more information into the world of brakes. If you want to get crazy with it there is a lot to learn. There are so many different types of brakes out there, but I think it's important to at least understand the basics of what the differences are. The mechanical brakes as a quick rundown are going to be cheaper. They're going to require adjustment more often, but if they're adjusted properly, they typically work well for most situations. If you want less adjustments, if you want more stopping power, in my opinion, then a hydraulic brake might be a Better choice for you, but you're going to have to spend usually a little bit more to get those brakes or a bike that has them. If you are looking to upgrade your bike, then the hybrid type that is a hydraulic caliper is a good choice. I don't know of any bikes that actually come with that type of caliper on them, but very, very common to upgrade and retrofit bikes to that type of setup. Now, beyond this, I'm also thinking about the future. What can we do to improve? And I had an idea a few weeks ago, and it hasn't developed into a physical product yet, but it's certainly something I'm considering and looking into. I have an idea for a fourth type of e-bike break that does not yet exist, and that's something that'll be going on behind the scenes. I might uh, show that in the Bolton Labs, the YouTube membership, if things progress, and and I feel like we can actually make this a reality. But I think there might be a new type of brake that could be also retrofitted to any existing e-bike that could offer more stopping power, even than some of the best hydraulic brakes and less heat buildup, or I should say there will be heat buildup, but it won't cause brake fade. And there could be some other advantages, too, that I'm not going to tell you because I feel like that would spoil it, but... I think there are improvements. There's always improvements to be made for any type of e-bike or electric bike. And what we have works great. And there are many, many great options out there. So if you have any questions about any of those, of course, you can always email us info at boltonebikes.com and we'll help you out if we can. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Bolton e-bikes podcast. I hope you enjoyed that breakdown. About electric bikes and their brakes and how to better help you stop. I know we talk a lot about power, but brakes to me are equally as important, if not more so. Once again, if you're new here, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com. You can put in your email address. You will get signed up for our newsletter. We'll let you know when new episodes come out. And if we do any bike giveaways, I will make sure that you are on the list and eligible for one of those giveaway bikes. I was just contacted by another company today about a bike review, probably something that will be released in January. Everything goes as planned and scheduled. And that is definitely a bike that I will be doing a YouTube video review on and a giveaway. So excited about that. I love giving away bikes whenever I can. And I will be doing another one of those in the near future. Thanks again for listening. Hopefully I can talk to you on another Tuesday or whatever day you want to listen.